You're listening to the Inner Child Podcast. How do we overcome adversity and gut-wrenching challenges when they come our way and still transmute them into an opportunity to thrive this year? Well, besties, I had a recent diagnosis that I had a really hard time with, and it inspired today's episode. So we are back with seven super important tips I have for you. And these are not just fluffy, positive thinking tips. These are seven things I have spent a lot of time researching and thinking about for you. So if you are ready to show up as the highest version of yourself and take your healing to the next level, stay tuned right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Hello, besties, and welcome back to the Inner Child Podcast. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. I missed you all so much. I almost like forgot how to record podcasts. So much has happened in just the last few weeks, like unbelievable growth for me personally, some of which I will share a little bit about today. And we're going to do something interesting where I'm going to weave in a couple of personal stories in with these seven powerful tips that I have researched and really prepared for you. And when I was writing out the template for today's episode, I didn't want this to just be seven generic pieces of advice that you could probably type into ChatGPT. Because if you've experienced childhood wounds, then automatically you are somebody who has had to face a lot of adversity the small T or big T trauma or challenges in your life. And I am here in solidarity with you. I stand before you as somebody who has followed all seven pieces of this advice. I overcame my social anxiety. I overcame my mutism, my 10 years of unhealthy relationships, my anxiety and my depression and even my ADHD. And oh my goodness, the list goes on and on. And chances are, if you are listening to this episode, then you are someone who searched for this. You actively seek solutions, which means that you are a high achiever because you're out here doing something about it and you are not letting this define you. And that's what healing is all about. It's about taking action in a meaningful, intentional way that brings us closer to self-love and doing what we've always wanted to do. And the first tip that I have for you today is that you will win with gentle discipline. Win with gentle discipline. I talked a little bit about healthy discipline in episode 122. You can go back to special number seven, discipline the healthy way. And I talk all about the difference between coaching yourself from a place of shame and hatred versus coaching yourself from a place of love. And as I mentioned in that episode, you know, discipline is a bit of a tricky word for some of us who do have inner child wounds because we were often forced to do things that we didn't want to do. But the thing is that discipline is not really about forcing. And sometimes the thing that you really need to do is not what you feel like doing in the moment, whether it's filing your taxes or going to the doctor for a checkup 
or addressing a really important issue that would be so much easier to just put on the side and forget and procrastinate about day after day after day. But there are certain things in life where we have to lovingly encourage ourselves to do it, knowing that we will feel better after it's been done, not necessarily in the moment. And when I received a certain diagnosis this year, that was a huge wake-up call for me in really stepping into what I know about gentle discipline in a big way that I never have before. So listen, I didn't want to tell you all this until I had found a solution because that's just the kind of person I am. I don't like when people just complain about things without actively putting an effort to do something about it, right? So I can tell you now that I have gotten a grip on the situation in such an exciting way. So earlier this year, as you all know, I had my book coming out. I was moving to Vancouver. You know, there was so much going on and I had to do a lot of work at the time just for everything that was on my plate. And I will fully admit to you, my self-care was not at the level that was required of me. I had to pull really long work days. I had to take on some additional roles inside my own business to the point where sometimes I was working like 15-hour days, which is not something that I would recommend to anyone as like a long-term sustainable goal. And as a result, I was drinking a lot of caffeine not moving my body the way that it wanted to be moved. And sometimes I would even forget eating meals, right? It was actually pretty, pretty bad. And one night, it was, you know, around 5 p.m., I was just working on my couch alone. And I started to see these weird floaters on the periphery of my vision. And then it grew bigger and bigger. And then my vision started turning into zigzags, right? It was weird. I blinked. It wouldn't go away. And before I knew it, that zigzag pattern kind of spread across my vision into this halo effect. And in my left eye, I started going blind. It was these spots that emerged and then eventually it took over my entire eye. I completely freaked out. I thought my retina was detaching or maybe I was having a stroke. And I was trying to text Andrew, but as I was looking down, literally I could not see where my finger was going because of my vision. And at one point, my entire left eye just lost complete vision, right, for a good few minutes. And I did not know what to do, right, because I had no idea what was going on. And eventually, after 20 minutes, my vision slowly came back. I was shaky all over. And I was just completely drained. I could not work another minute after that. Well, obviously, I was in no condition to work. You know, went to get it checked out. Doctor didn't really know what it was, sent me to a specialist, and I had to wait. Now, in that time frame, it got a lot worse. It got to the point where every single week I was having one of these episodes of just losing vision, right, and just feeling completely, completely drained, you know, shaky, can't really walk, can't really focus afterwards. It happened to me once when I was in public at the store. I just totally blacked out. It happened a few times at home. It was seriously affecting my work. As you know, I am someone who takes a lot of pride in my work as a coach, even as a podcaster. And I want to be there 110% for my clients. And I was worried about my capacity to do that. Well, 
Turns out I have something called visual migraines, right? Or oral migraines. And I mean, listen, I'm not a headache kind of person. I am not someone who struggled with migraines, you know, headaches, any of these things before in the past. And the reason why I couldn't figure this out is that when I have these visual episodes, I don't have any pain in my head at all. It's purely visual wise, and then just my energy, right? And then the dizziness. And so for anyone listening who suffers from painful head migraines, oh my goodness, do I empathize with you? Because I don't even have half the symptoms that you do, right? And let me tell you, like, it is absolutely debilitating. This was really, really hard for me to deal with. And so I had to make some lifestyle changes because I, I started to identify that, hey, there were triggers. Having too much caffeine does this. When I'm not exercising, this happens. When I'm not eating at regular intervals, it makes my blood sugar crash. And apparently in a lot of women, these oral or visual migraines will kind of spontaneously happen as we get older. So apparently that's the thing. I had no idea. So it was a huge relief to know that it wasn't something more serious. Obviously, it's not a good thing. And it kind of forced me to return to my own values when it comes to gentle discipline. Because again, it was the same thing. I didn't always feel like moving my body every single day. Sometimes it's just easier to, you know, sit on the couch, right, and watch Netflix. Sometimes it's easier just to chug that coffee instead of getting proper sleep. But until you have a diagnosis looking straight at you, as it did for me, you don't take these things as seriously. And part of it is human nature. For a lot of us, we don't really get help or make changes until things get really bad. And so in hindsight, this was definitely a blessing in disguise. I'm so grateful and so thankful it's not something more serious. But I am so proud to tell you all that I haven't had a single migraine episode in over one month. And that is due to sticking true to my routine, right? And so this is just what works for me. I'm not saying everyone has to do this. Everybody has their own circadian rhythms, their own preferences. But I, I go to bed before 10 every single day, wake up between 6 to 7, and I try to get in at least 30 minutes of exercise almost every single day. I don't drink caffeine past 1 p.m. anymore. I eat my regular meals. Even when I'm feeling forgetful, I have to make myself do it. And a couple of other changes that I'm going to tell you about later on today. But let me tell you all, I have been feeling so good. Like so, so, so good. And this is exactly what I mean when I say that. Sometimes what we feel like doing in the moment isn't what will make us feel better later on. And the way that I did that was through the gentle discipline, coaching myself from a loving place. So definitely go re-listen to episode 122 if you need that brush up. In a nutshell, it's about speaking to yourself as if you were your own sports coach, a loving sports coach. If I didn't feel like going to bed, I didn't say to myself, Gloria, you're such a loser, da-da-da-da-da. You're going to fail, da-da-da. That doesn't work on anybody. But instead, I spoke to myself, hey, Gloria, I know you don't feel like doing this right now, but I know that you can. I know it's hard, it's difficult, but you can do difficult things. I believe in you. And I know that once you do this thing, 
you're going to feel so much better tomorrow. And tomorrow, it's going to feel even easier and even easier to the point where you don't need me to talk in your ear anymore. So why don't we get up together and let's do this thing. And that is how you master your inner dialogue. It's really, really important. And I'll probably do another episode at another point, just talking about ADHD, executive functioning issues, and how to work all of these different principles together. But learning to speak to yourself with gentle discipline is going to be a huge game changer for you if you struggle with this. Now, this brings me to number two, something else that I did. Check your vitamin levels. And that was one of the other things that I incorporated into my health and into my self-discipline was getting my vitamin levels checked out. And let me tell you, I literally feel like a different person because of vitamin B12 and vitamin D. And strangely enough, when I take vitamin B12, it actually makes me feel more extroverted, which must have something to do with my energy levels. Now, if you have a GP or a general practitioner, they often will only send you in for a blood testing for the most basic of their yearly regimens or whatever. But you can actually ask for something more detailed, right? And sometimes you do have to advocate for yourself a little bit, or you can go to a private lab or get a test online. Now, this is not medical advice. I am not a medical doctor, and I'm not telling you or suggesting you to do anything. But this is from purely my own experience, from experiences of people that I know, that being deficient in certain vitamin levels can actually change your energy levels, it can change your motivational levels, and it can affect certain mental health symptoms such as depression and anxiety. And plus, it doesn't really hurt to get it checked out. Most tests, even if you do pay out of pocket, isn't super expensive. And even if it is an expense, this is one of those things that your return on investment is like 20 times the amount, maybe even 100 times the amount. I mean, if you can find the root cause of where some of these issues are coming from, then maybe it is worth the money. It's totally up to you. So that was number two. Now, I want to move on to number three, which is a little bit more philosophical, which is to know your season. Knowing your season is one of these core principles that I equip all of my clients with, and today I want to equip you with. And it's a concept that just like plants and animals and everything on this planet Earth has a season, whether it's winter, fall, summer, or spring, we as human beings also go through seasons in our life, and they sometimes do not coincide with the actual season of the environment around us. When we are in summer, we are at the peak of our energy. Maybe we are finally reaping the rewards of all the work. Things are perfectly aligned in our lives and we are in a time of our lives where we are actively growing and challenging ourselves. And that is awesome. But then sometimes we move into fall where things start to shift and transition and the trees start to shed their leaves and we start slowing down. And sometimes we are in winter season. And this is when crisis happens. This is when problems arise. This is when we shift into grieving. And when we are in winter, we have to hibernate. It means that we need to pause and take that time to process, to create space, to grieve, to be alone, to think and to reflect. And when we've done enough of that, 
when we're ready to move out of our shells, then we transition into spring. And spring is when we reemerge from the darkness and the flowers begin to bloom again. Now, I absolutely love the seasons because it tells us that just like every other thing on the planet, you cannot expect yourself to be operating in summer all the time. And that means that when it's time for winter, you're supposed to be in winter. When it's time for spring, you're supposed to be in spring. And to give you an example of that, when I was sick with my illnesses, when that migraine struck, there is no way I could be operating at full maximum capacity. I had to shut down and heal and spend the time with myself to rest and to recover. And it means that if you're going through something devastating, a breakup, a loss, you need to spend that time to rest and recover and grieve now. Otherwise, it's going to bite you in the butt later on to go against your seasons, which is basically going against nature. And the reverse is also true. If you have been in hibernation for a long time, and there's a part of you that knows you're ready to reemerge, but you're not allowing yourself to accept the challenge, well, then you're also going against nature, right? And I think we all know people who have just never grown. They've stayed in the exact same mindset as high school or college, and they've never moved beyond that shell, right? They've never asked for help. They've never taken a risk. That's not great either. So you want to know what season you are in and honor the season that you're in. And that brings us to point number four. Well, it's actually not related to the last one, but it's also super important. And it's that I've realized how much burnout is actually caused by screen time. Now, the screen time thing is something that I've personally battled with for quite some time. Obviously, my entire work and career is also online, so that does make it a bit more challenging. But it had gotten to the point where I was spending, you know, more than five hours on my phone, even more on my computer, right? And that's a lot, a lot of time. And for a while, even I was in denial about how much it was really affecting me. And the migraine thing was a huge part of this as well, right? All that visual input from TikTok and the the short form videos and all this information. I mean, I'll just share some statistics. The average American spends over seven hours of screen time per day. And even more recently, 41% of adults report that they find it difficult to manage their screen time. They find it a challenge. And we already know all of these things about how the blue light from our screens seem to interfere with melatonin production and it seems to affect our body's natural circadian rhythms, which affects sleep. And there's also mixed studies that show that, yeah, there are cortisol surges that seem to align with screen time and other studies that show how social media can have an effect on our mental health, yada, yada, and What I realized from taking time off was how much those little things really affect you, right? Let's say that you have a goal right now. You know, you're focused on finishing a painting or getting your degree. 
right? That is that should be your that is your top priority. That's the thing that you care most about. And every time you open TikTok or Facebook, there's some random article that pops up of five things you didn't know about Peruvian frogs, and you say, "Ooh, what's that?" And now you've learned five things about Peruvian frogs, but it's got nothing to do with the things that you actually care about. Like, what are you going to do with that information? Right? It's just clickbait. And then the next article is shocking tweets from Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez. And I mean, if you love Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez, that's great. But these are just interruptions in your daily flow. And next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole and you've just learned a billion facts. You've learned 10 things you didn't know about China and three things you didn't know about about Apple software, (laughs) you know, and it's like that time is just gone now. And you've now just given away neurons, like limited resources in your brain to these random bits of information that are just out there grabbing your attention. And for me personally, that's where all the burnout really came from. And I'm just being totally transparent, right, about my own personal journeys. Now, the way that I have solved this is forming strong boundaries around bedtime. And it's really simple. Number one is no phones in bed ever, Right. And if obviously Andrew was on board with this because he's also super growth mindset oriented and he's like, yes, let's do this together. So no phones in bed ever. And for me personally, no phones until after breakfast, like no screen time at all until after breakfast. And this has been huge for me. It has been so, so helpful because it allows me to form my own thoughts and opinions without any outside influence every single morning and every single night. So that by the time I get to work and I open my computer, I check my Instagram, I'm already starting from a place of me, right? And I hope that makes sense because your thoughts and your brain, like that is your home. And I always encourage you to believe in yourself and to have your own thoughts and your own opinion. I mean, even if you have to unfollow me, right? I think it's important to only have people on social media that are going to inspire you and you know help you move forward but that's not all i don't think you should listen to them at all first thing in the morning until you have had your tea your breakfast done your own routines and then go out there and take in information i do not think it should be the first thing that goes into your brain into your visual and sensory inputs the minute that you wake up and i will die on that hill So screen time, time to take it seriously. And that brings us to number five. Beware of who you take your advice from. This is kind of related because people will only give you advice from their own belief systems and from what they have achieved personally. Because, I mean, I can't tell you advice based on what someone else has experienced because I haven't experienced that. Right. And so, for example, if you want to start a business and everyone around you was telling you it's a big mistake, but none of them have started businesses themselves, then how do they know their advice is going to tell you how they became themselves? So unless you are taking your advice from someone who has a successful business, that advice should be completely irrelevant to you. 
And when I'm offering tips and advice about healthy relationships, it's because I am someone who has gone through that journey. I am someone who has previously had unhealthy relationships, healed from it, learned all the tricks, and is now in a healthy relationship. And the advice that I share is from that unique perspective of someone who has walked the walk, talked the talk, and can offer you direct, specific insight from that kind of journey. And so if you're taking relationship advice from someone who isn't in a relationship or who is in an unhealthy relationship, then they can only give you perspective from their personal experiences, which is kind of related to my last one because social media right, is littered, it literally a cesspool of everybody's opinions, everybody's thoughts. Right? There's so much negativity on all sorts of posts, right? There can be a, a wonderful, uplifting post, and then somebody has to be a negative Nancy and nitpick at this and that. But I can guarantee you that the people who are living the lives that you want, who are happy, aligned, successful, they're not spending all their time on social media. They're out there doing their things. They're living their dreams. And everyone else And it's the haters who are on Facebook leaving negative comments. And because of the anonymous nature of social media, you don't even know who these people really are. So beware of who you take your advice from. Now, number six is one that I personally love. And it's something that I experienced a lot of this year when I moved to Vancouver. And it's that aligned people that you just met will feel a lot closer to you than misaligned people that you've known for decades. And this is how you know that when somebody is not the right fit for you, whether it's a friend or coworker or a lover, it doesn't matter how much effort you try to put into it. It just does not work. And you end up spending so much time in turmoil trying to make the relationship work. And then someone else comes along who is an aligned person, who shares your values, who's also growth mindset, And you have this connection that feels like you have known them for ages and it doesn't feel forced. And you start to wonder, how can this possibly be? How can someone I met feel so much closer to me, like could make me feel like they fully get me and understand me more than someone that I've known for 10 or 20 years? And that is the power of aligned connection. It's everything I've been saying all along that more than 90% of relationship success is who you choose. You should be spending your time enjoying that relationship, not spending all your time trying to make it work. That is a toxic relationship, right? And by definition, toxic means harmful or poisonous to oneself. And when there isn't a good match inside the relationship, whether it's friendship or romantic, it becomes poisonous and toxic to you. So focus more on who's the right match for you and spend less time on trying to make things work. Or in Regina George's words, stop trying to make fetch happening. It ain't happening. So now this brings us to final point number seven, super, super powerful tip. Choose growth mindset over fixed mindset. And for this one, I actually have to thank one of my clients, Yuke, for bringing this up. We had a coaching call last week and they were talking about how, you know, like this is a client who is a single parent and working a full-time job, you know, all hours of the day. 
and despite being so busy and having their plates so full, still chooses to embody this growth mindset, putting in the reps, not making excuses, choosing growth, choosing to heal. Now, this is a concept that was first developed by someone named Carol Dweck, who studied the difference between students and children who had a growth mindset versus those who had a fixed mindset. And in a nutshell, this is my super Cliff Notes version, the research seems to suggest that when people believe that they can grow, then they do grow. Versus when people believe that they cannot grow or that their potential or learning is fixed or limited, then they stop trying and they stay exactly the same as they were. And I believe that this is where the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy really comes from, that the beliefs that we have about ourselves are so, so powerful. And so I challenge you today to ask yourself, do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Do you believe that when you put in the reps, when you put in the effort and the work, that your skills can grow? Because the answer should be yes. There is so much research about neuroplasticity, that our brains can be molded and shaped, and that people really can change, and that we can learn new things. If you are someone who has a certain skill, or maybe you grew up playing sports or learning an instrument or knowing how to paint or dance, you know that it wasn't easy at first, but you have to put in the reps, right? The repetition, which is so, so important. Repetition is the mother of mastery. You practice over and over and over until it worked for you. And healing and using skills and emotional regulation skills and dating skills It's all about trying things over and over until it starts to work for you. And even if it didn't, we can still learn a whole lot about ourselves, reevaluate our progress, see what needs to be tweaked, and try again. So my loves, be mindful of where your brain can be a little bit biased, where you start looking for evidence that things cannot be changed. Sometimes I do encounter students who feel a little bit despair and say, oh, there's these studies that show that having trauma makes it harder to concentrate and all of these things. And it feels like you have all of these adversities stacked up against you. And I'll reply and say, yes, some of these figures are true, but there's also research that shows past adversity helps us to persevere in future stress. As much as there is post-traumatic stress, there's also something called post-traumatic growth, which is when people experience positive changes after going through a significant stressful event. And most likely, a lot of the people and icons that you look up to, whether in our history or in fiction, are people who have overcome or people who have had challenges in their past and overcome them. Now, this is not to sugarcoat the intensity of this journey, because I've been on it and so have you. It's hard. It's difficult because healing can sometimes feel like an uphill battle, but it's also a journey where we can learn so much about ourselves. And it's in those moments when you feel like giving up, you feel like throwing it all away, that you have to reach in even deeper and find those parts of you that decided to start this in the first place. Inner child healing is all about making that commitment to yourself. 
that you are now the parent to your own child, right? You are a single parent now to little you, and you are not just going to give up and walk away when you don't feel like it. And that's what being a parent is all about. You are a parent to you. And as a gentle, loving reminder, if you are listening and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I've heard all these before. This is nothing mind-blowing or new. And that's the point. There is a huge difference between knowing information and putting it into practice. And I'm telling you from experience that these seven things, if you put them into practice, like actually commit to them, put them into practice, is truly life-changing. And some of the best advice out there is quite generic because it is true. If you're just looking to get a hit of dopamine or to be entertained, then maybe listening to this advice isn't helpful for you. But if you're really here to grow and to thrive and to change, then you might be more appreciative of these seven things that I've shared today. So my loves, let's do a quick recap of all seven powerful tips. Number one, win with a gentle discipline. Go back to episode 122 for this. Number two, check your vitamin levels. Go to the GP or find some way to do some research on this. See if there's anything medically going on that might be behind some of your mental health or energy struggles. Number three, know what season you're in and honor it. Number four, screen time causes burnout. No screens before breakfast and none in bed. Because with all the information coming at you, did you really need to know all of that? Number five, beware of who you take advice from. Don't listen to people that don't have the things that you want. Number six, aligned people you just met feel a lot closer to you than misaligned people you have known your entire life. And finally, number seven, learn to embody a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. And you will succeed further than you ever thought possible. So my loves, I hope this was exactly what you needed to hear. If you're listening on Spotify, please share some of your thoughts with me below in the little text box. And if you want to take it a step further, my free guide is now back. If you want to check out the free guide to healing the four core wounds, which is abandonment, guilt, neglect, and trust. This amazing resource full of journal prompts and affirmations is now available. You can grab it for free at bygloriazang.com slash guide or click on the link here in the show notes. And I'll see you in the next episode. Have a beautiful day and an abundant life. Mwah. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, Bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. 
To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage, buygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There, you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah!